0: Go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. Intercepted! Intercepted! Knocked down the ball! 10 to the 35.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Duck Pod. I'm Ryan Thorburn. Uh, Austin Meek is on assignment this week, so it's just me uh, locking down the podcast. But I do have a great guest to get you guys ready for Oregon versus Cal. I have John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News. John, great to have you on. Thanks for making the time. Uh, as we're taping this, there's a huge breaking story in college basketball going on where an FBI investigation has uh, led to the arrest of 10 people, including four coaches, including two Pac-12 basketball assistants. Uh, I know you're busy with that just off the top, but what do you make of this story?
0: Uh, it's a colossal story in college basketball. It is the feds exposing the underbelly of a corrupt sport in a way that the NCAA simply cannot do, and I would imagine... The repercussions will play out uh, over a long time and across the country. You know, now they know, it. they even said in their press conference, basically talking to the, the cheaters out there, we have your playbook. Or they, you know, they know how the cheating takes place and uh, they're going to keep at it and they're going to tell the NCAA. And uh, I think that there could be, you know, a lot of schools could end up getting caught up in this.
1: John, uh, before I came to Oregon, I did cover Pac-12 basketball and in Colorado and Big 12 basketball before they moved over, and, and a long time ago, I had a coach. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to name names, but he showed me a text where, just out of curiosity, he had texted uh, the handler for a, a one-and-done guy just to see how much that might cost. And you know, there was a figure sent back to him, and I was like, "You guys all know about this. Why don't you turn the other coaches in?" and and he didn't really have a good answer for that other than obviously he wanted to keep his cushy job at, at the, his program. I mean, I think we all know that this has been a problem. Do you think this will solve a lot of it, or is it just the tip of the iceberg?
0: Well, I think uh, it is the tip of the uh, What they announced uh, You know, is the tip of the iceberg. The four assistant coaches, and, and for the Pac-12, this is a terrible. It's, it's two schools, uh, and it's your premier basketball program. Sean Miller's Trusted longtime assistant coach was arrested today for federal crimes. That is a that's a bad deal for the Pac-12. Uh, so I think it's going to be the tip of the iceberg in terms of you know them, the feds and the NCAA uncovering more corruption. What's the impact going to be down the road? I mean, I think the impact in the next year or two is going to be pretty substantial in terms of coaches getting fired and wins getting vacated and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But five, ten years down the road, how much will it change the sport? I don't know. Depends on, kind of depends on how long the feds keep going. Because you know they have ways to get information that the NCAA, which lacks subpoena power, simply can't. So a lot of this, the the you know the fuel for this is going to certainly depend on, uh, to a large extent, on how long the feds keep at it.
1: Yeah, and I was. At football practice this morning, as this was going on, and it's the talk of everything. But uh, one yeah. thing I did notice was that uh, an Adidas person was among those arrested. Uh, obviously, in Oregon, Nike is uh, you know the king, and and there's the Phil Knight Classic coming up in November with every major basketball program. What do you think the shoe and company, shoe companies, uh, fallout is going to be involving them in this? If you can even speculate on that.
0: Well, I don't know how much – I don't know a whole lot about the fallout at that level. Um, Anybody who thinks that this one guy for Adidas is the only guy doing what he did and that Nike and all the other shoe companies aren't somehow involved in this uh, underbelly world is kidding themselves. It just happened that the Adidas guy got – this particular Adidas guy got caught. Now, is it going to – topple the, the shoe giants no but uh, it, it you know in theory it will hinder their access to players because the feds and the NCAA will now be on the lookout for that connection you know it's it is the shoe companies or agents funneling money through one sometimes two or three people to get to the players to to hold sway over the players college and into the NBA, and and you would think that some of that sway will will be disconnected at least on the short-term basis.
1: Well, it's going to be a, a fascinating uh, story to follow, and uh, John actually has a story already posted on his uh, Pac-12 hotline website. Uh, John, how is that revamped site going for you? And you go ahead and tell Oregon fans you know, how to, to access that because it's uh, yeah, definitely well, a must-read no, site good. for Pac-12 people.
0: Yeah, it's going good. Thanks. It's pac 12 hotlinecom and uh, there's uh, tons of content every day. There's podcasts. There's a newsletter. Uh, you know, really just trying to cover the conference uh, in a different way. It's essentially a Pac-12 vertical website, and uh, it seems like there's uh, there's a fair amount of interest uh, across the conference in you know in more than just what's going on with uh, a fan's uh, local team. You know, if you're an Oregon fan, you're kind of interested in what's going on around the league, whether it's with USC or Washington or where the how the bowl situation may shake out, uh, what's going on with the Pac-12, Pac-12 networks. I, I just think that there's a lot of fans that, that see the, the broader landscape and are interested in that. And so the Pac-12 hotline is kind of designed for, for that fan. I'm not trying to cover Oregon football, for instance, better than the Registered Guard. But I think that there's Oregon fans that, that want to uh, know what's going on elsewhere. And so that's where I'm trying to step in.
1: Well, this week, obviously, Oregon playing Cal. Um, to me, Cal is the surprise of the season in the Pac-12. They're 3-1. They've beaten a couple Power 5 teams. I just thought it would be tough year one because Justin Wilcox was hired you know, so late in the process and he's trying to do uh, systems that are so different from Sonny Dykes and actually play some defense. Um, is Justin you know, just a good fit at Cal? Is, what have you seen so far?
0: Well, yes, I, he's a good fit at Cal. He did a real smart job hiring a staff. Uh, he's implementing systems that I think are, will serve Cal better in the long run in terms of being able to succeed on the field. Uh, take advantage of Cal's uh, what Cal has to offer in, for recruits. Uh, it's just everything w- seems to work much better. Uh, obviously, former Oregon player, uh, but you know he knows Cal. He worked there under Jeff Tedford for a few years. Knows the West Coast. Uh, I just think he's he, he was a much better fit than Sunny Dykes in in every respect, and and certainly hiring Bo Baldwin, the former Eastern Washington head coach, uh, to run the offense was a, was a brilliant move. And he's got a good defensive coordinator too. And Tim DeRoyter, the former Fresno head coach. So you got a young first time assistant coach and his two coordinators have both been head coaches. That tells you a lot about Wilcox and it's just really smart way to go about it. And they, you know, defensively, they are light years better than they've been. And, uh, some of that has to do with talent that was there and not maximized, and some of it has to do with, with just the way they're playing. But they are, they are a much different team than they used to be.
1: I think this game's going to be really good. Uh, Oregon you know, got off to a tremendous start, but it, it turns out they really haven't played any good teams yet uh, with what's going on at Nebraska. Um, Arizona State really was a desperate team, and Oregon didn't play well, so they're coming off a loss. But Cal... Played really well against uh, USC, at least hung in there with USC. Um, this is really an interesting matchup to see, you know, who might uh, finish second or third in the north. Uh, what's kind of your thoughts on Wilcox coming home to Oregon along with uh, Steve Greatwood and others?
0: Yeah, well, and Greatwood's done a good job, too. Uh, and That's another example of, of Wilcox making a smart hire. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that it's going to be uh, – in contrast to many Cal Oregon games, including last year's, which I think is still going by the way, <laughs> um, might be a little bit low scoring. I mean, yeah. I could see the winner the winner having you know twenty seven thirty points, and that's it. And we're used to uh, we're used to Oregon with fifty something, and Cal sometimes with forty something, or sometimes with twenty something. But but you know, or, to me, Oregon's defense is 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 obviously much better, much more sound uh and Cal's defense is a lot better and i think that there's going to that the defense is uh i don't know if they're going to carry the day but they are going to certainly exert some influence uh on this one uh i think that they're both certainly in Cal's case defense is ahead of the offense and from what i've seen of the ducks you know the defense is ahead of the offense sometimes uh they're obviously you know they've got a much better quarterback situation than Cal does but uh but at the same time, I've been real impressed with with what uh, Jim Levitt's done with the the talent he had. I mean, it's a lot like what Cal's done with Tim DeRuiter, their defensive coordinator, in terms of, you know, coaching them up, so to speak.
1: Through four weeks, it seems like one thing we might have actually got right might be Washington versus USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Obviously, USC has a tough game this week, but it appears those two are on course still. Um Who do you think the third-best team in the Pac-12 is?
0: That is the great unknown question, huh? I mean, it could be Stanford. It could be Stanford still, even though they lost those back-to-back games. It could be Washington State, but we don't know because they haven't played anybody. It could be Utah, but we don't know because they haven't really played anybody. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. What I do think is clear is that there is more competition for Washington in the North than there is for SC in the South. I mean, I could see SC being, let's say eight and one in league play and having nobody even at six and three, right. you know, maybe, maybe there's a log jam in the South at five and four or something. And SC ends up having the division clinched like the first weekend in November. I could see that. I don't think that's going to happen in the North. Uh, I'm not sure which of the four com- uh, competitors is going to emerge. Uh, probably, I would, I guess if I had to pick, I would say it's going to be the Washington State or Stanford, but I don't know that for sure. Could still be Oregon. Maybe it's Cal. We know that the Beavers are the worst team, and we know that the Huskies are the best team. And I don't know how it's going to shake out with the other four.
1: Well, you had a, you mentioned the the Pac-12 networks coverage, and uh, you do a great job keeping up with all conferences' media rights situations. And you had an interesting story last week where you actually uh, received some data on ratings uh, in terms of uh, the Olympic sports uh, that the Pac-12 networks um, airs. And essentially, it was a small sample size, but essentially. Uh, no one was watching those except for the parents of the ath- athletes and and the coaches or somebody. Um, Pretty much. What did you What did you make of that data and uh, just the future of that network given all the money they spent on it?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a real interesting question. Uh, the data did not surprise me. The fact that these Olympic sports got a zero share did not surprise me, but. You didn't until you saw it you didn't know for sure right and then you see it and it confirms your suspicions and it is a, it is admittedly a small sample size no question about that uh, but at the same time you know how many people are going to be watching uh, a volleyball match at four o'clock on a Wednesday or you know a uh, tennis match on a Sunday afternoon up against you know uh, playoff uh, professional playoffs that's the thing is there's not a whole lot of reason to think that, that the, the larger sample is going to be any different than the smaller sample. Um, I think the conference has got a real question. They are devoting an immense amount of money and resources on the campuses to producing these six regional feeds and this one national network so that they can showcase their Olympic sports. But nobody's watching it. Literally – only a few hundred people are watching any of these sports. Is that worth? So there's two questions: Is it worth all the money and people power they're devoting to it? And the other question is: Is there anything they can do about it? Because they've got contracts with Comcast and Time Warner, and uh, you know Cox, and those the providers want the content, and the Pac-12 is on the hook for 850 national events, uh, you know, live events per year. I don't know what they can do. I think it's possible that they're going to be stuck, and they're going to be stuck in this situation for, for many years because they're, they're, they can't renegotiate really until 2023, 2024, when their, their Fox and ESPN contract runs out. So there may not be anything they can do except keep producing these sports that very few, very, very few, uh, keep producing these telecasts, very few people are watching.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Rob Mullins was nice enough to come to the Register Guard and and do a town hall and and he was asked about the Pac-12 networks and he said it's been great because of all the exposure for the Olympic sports and then your article comes out and, you know, maybe not so much, but uh yeah,
0: yeah, well, you know, the thing is that the, all the schools have got their talking points and uh they're encouraged greatly to toe the company line on this and uh certain schools uh one in particular one in corvallis and one in tempe have presidents that are all in with larry scott and the model for the pac-12 networks there are some other schools that are growing skeptical about all this and uh you know i think rob Mullins. uh my guess is privately rob Mullins has a pretty good feel for the pros and cons, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, there I don't know of any AD that's going to necessarily start bashing it publicly.
1: Yeah. All right, John. Well, listen, I think we uh, hit on some topics, including a couple we maybe weren't expecting, and uh,
0: oh I appreciate your
1: time, and, and uh, good luck news. with your podcast. I encourage people to, to tune into your podcast and go to the hotline. Uh, it's a great site.
0: Thank you so much, Ryan.